Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, September 29th. We are talking about value options on the upcoming Week 4 DFS slate. Before we get straight into it, let me remind you guys to follow me on Twitter, at mfiddle14. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you are listening, and I would really, really love some written reviews. And third, go to sportsethos.com and check out the Brewski 150 for fantasy basketball players. They are an amazing, amazing rankings. You will be ahead of your peers and be set up to win big in your league. All right, let's talk about some bets, and then we'll talk about DFS and review the value option players. Anyone who was not discussed on Tuesday's episode is eligible. So anyone priced under 7,000 or anyone who's not top five in their position, we will start with those middle tiers and we will go pretty deep. But I want to cover a few betting things first. Tonight is Thursday night football. We got Thursday night on Prime again and Bengals is the bet. I got this line at minus three when it was a minus 105, so 1.05 units to win one. But that line has moved to minus 3.5 or even minus four, and it's juice. So you're paying longer than minus 110 odds to take like the minus 3.5 or the minus four, and you don't have the hook on the key number of the three. So I don't love taking the Bengals with that juice and that number. At that point, I would just take the money line and throw away the points. And at that point, make a small bet on the money line. It won't give you as much of a return, but it will still have good value. It's kind of the same as last week when it was Brown Steelers and we saw that line move from minus three to minus 5.5. And I didn't want to play the points, but I took the money line and still brought home some money. So again, I am on Bengals minus three because I got it at a good price. But I think the best bet right now, if you are listening to this with no bets on the game, is to just take the Bengals' money line for week four Thursday night football. Dolphins are in a really, really bad spot. I talked about this on Tuesday. They just played 89, 90 snaps of defense in the horrible heat of Miami. Now they travel short week. They even had to travel a day early because of the hurricane. So they got even less prep time. Tua might be injured. Waddle might be injured. Bengals are in a must-win situation. I really like the Bengals tonight and would love to fade the 3-0 Dolphins. Second thing I want to talk about for betting is the upcoming teaser legs. There are five games where there are potential teaser legs available to play. The first one is in the Bucks versus Chiefs game. Last night when I was taking notes for this podcast, the Bucks were a plus 1.5 and now it's a Bucks minus 1, Chiefs plus 1. So in terms of the teaser leg, I think that game is moving around so much because of they don't know where it was going to be played with the hurricane. Maybe the Bucks were going to be on the road. Now it looks like the Bucks are going to be home, so they're getting the home favorite advantage again. Clearly, the books are showing us that it's a two-and-a-half-point advantage for being at home if that's where the line moved from when they were projected to be on the road to now playing in Tampa. Anyways, so whoever is the underdog, right now it's the Chiefs. So you could take the Chiefs plus one, two plus seven, you tease them through the three, up to the seven, you get the push on the seven. I like that as a teaser leg. Rams plus 1.5. I am on the 49ers minus two with all the sharps. It's back to a 1.5, so we got a little bit of money that came in on the Rams. 
So Rams being teased again through the three, through the seven. All of these legs are going to be through the three, through the seven. Rams up to plus 7.5 against the 49ers is a valuable teaser leg. Broncos plus 2.5 up to plus 8.5 against the Raiders. Falcons are in that one and a half zone too. So Falcons plus 1.5 up to plus 7.5. Again, I am on the Browns in that game. I think the Browns are in a really good spot. But simply the number being at 1.5, I have to include it because it follows the same logic that there is gambling theory value behind pushing the uh, the Falcons total from plus 1.5 to plus 7.5. And the last one would be Saints versus Vikings. Again, Saints are the underdog in that one. If it's at a 2.5 line, you could push that up to 8.5. If it's at a plus three because of the Jameis news, that's where I got it. Jameis was like questionable, so it got to a plus three. Then you're like, okay, just take the points and don't tease it because you have the good number at the three. But if it's at two and a half, you could certainly tease it to eight and a half. The line with the most movement this week is the Chiefs Bucks total. It opened at 49, it's down to 45 and a half. And I actually still lean to the under. But if you are going to play this at its worst possible number, make it a small play. Make it a half unit play. Don't play big into a number when you're getting it three and a half points off of where the actual value was. However, we still don't really know as of the time I'm recording this where this game is being played. We think it's going to stay in Tampa. But again, if they end up moving to Minnesota, suddenly they're playing in a dome and that changes the scoring outlook for the game. We don't know how the weather will impact the game. If they do stay in Tampa and the storm does come or kind of misses, or we just don't know how heavy is the rain going to be? How bad are the winds going to be? Are they going to be able to throw the ball? Is there going to be lightning delays? We don't know these things. We don't know how they will affect the total. And again, if the game does get moved, do the players then have to travel? Do they have less preparation time? It's it's all it's all kind of a mess. So I do lean under for the forty five point five. I'd probably just avoid playing this line altogether until we find out more information and then see what happens where that line goes. Because if this game does get moved, the total may tick up a bit because we're in a dome. But then you could play into that by taking the under and play the less rest, less prep, more travel situation, causing less scoring. The next thing to talk about is where the sharp action is this week. So Bengals are a clear sharp spot for Thursday night. And then on Sunday, there are four more. Panthers against the Cardinals. Panthers opened as a home underdog and were bet to being a home favorite against the Cardinals. Sharps are absolutely fading the Cardinals in every game this season. And they're backing the Panthers in week four. The Texans going against the Chargers. The Texans opened as a plus seven and now they're down to a plus 5.5. So you've lost a lot of value there, but you're getting clear, sharp action on the Texans. If you are going to get in on the Texans at plus five and a half, consider also just playing the money line at that point because five and a half does not offer great value. You're kind of hoping they lose by a field goal or less at that point. And at that point, you might as well just play the money line for a big chance at a multiplier. I will not be playing the Texans, but I'm simply letting you guys know the sharps are there. Falcons. Falcons plus 1.5. Sharps love the Falcons right now. They think their offense is really good. However, I am the other direction. 
I think this is a terrible spot for the Falcons. I think they are traveling home after two weeks of being on the road and playing against the Browns, who are on their 10-day rest mini-buy and now travel to Atlanta. I think this is a great spot for Cleveland, terrible spot for the Falcons, and I am on the Browns, but there are Sharps on the Falcons. And the last one is the 49ers. 49ers versus Rams at home. I think this line opened as a pick and now the 49ers are the clear favorite by one and a half or two points. I still haven't gotten my head around it besides the fact that I'm just noticing the Sharps are really fading the Rams. So I'm going to continue doing such because I know that they know more than I know. So I will play into it. I know how to recognize what they are doing and then tag along for the ride and end up being profitable. So I'm, I'm picking out five sharp spots, Bengals, Panthers, Texans, Falcons, 49ers. I expect three of these to hit. I'm on the Bengals. I'm on the 49ers. I couldn't get the right number for the Texans or the Panthers. And the Falcons, I'm going the other way. So that's the gambling talk for Thursday's episode. And now let's talk some DFS. Value options on the slate. Let's start with quarterbacks. Jared Goff, pick up right where we left off last week in terms of value quarterbacks. 41 throws last week. This week, he's home against the Seahawks. Swift is probably out. So you can bank on probably another high-volume pass day. And the game ticking towards the over, I like Goff. If you want to go value quarterback, Jared Goff, definitely an option. Trevor Lawrence. I actually may pull the plug and do this myself. The Eagles game we know is ticking up in the total. It opened at 47.5. It's up to 48.5 or 49 in some places. Lawrence is throwing with good volume, continuing to overperform. His wide receivers are actually pretty good. Shout out Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And Lawrence actually has the ability to move and run the ball a little bit. So I do like Hertz, who's on the other side of the field for this game. But I kind of like Lawrence too. Marcus Mariota. From now on, Mariota has to be considered a value option pretty much every week because of the amount of running that he's doing. He's running like seven, eight times every game, and that just provides a stable level of consistency. It's a nice cash game play. I wouldn't necessarily go Mariota in GPPs. It has less ability to get 40 points, which you want out of a quarterback. But if you want just that steady Eddie, this guy's going to get me 20. He's going to be good value. He's going to allow me to spend up in different positions. And I just want to have an above average finish on the slate because I'm playing cash games. That's where you want to be if you're playing Marcus Mariota. You also have this week, the Sharps are on the Falcons. So they are backing Team Mariota. I am on the Browns, so it won't be for me. But I'm letting you guys know the running plus the betting aspect shows Mariota to be a decent play. The other really cheap quarterbacks are Davis Mills, Trubisky, Hoyer, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Just no one I really like in that group. Those are guys who are starting but are priced really, really low and less than Mariota. I don't, I don't like anyone. I don't think you could play anyone from that group. Running back. Let's start this conversation with Jamal Williams. He's going to be owned by a lot of teams in the DFS tournament. But honestly, it's, it's also for good reason. He's going to get 20 touches. He has the ability to catch and get into space. He is the goal line back for the team. They are playing at home against the Seahawks. Detroit has a great offensive line. 
Can I keep going? I, I just like Jamal Williams a lot. He very well might be in my core. We'll discuss it on Saturday. I think Williams is $6,100 on DraftKings. I think he's going to get 20 touches and could definitely get 20 points. Antonio Gibson. I'm throwing out this Gibson name because he's actually a good contrarian option for week four. We know he's going to get the bulk of the carries again because Brian Robinson still, Brian Robinson still can't play this week. He's going against Dallas defense, which means low ownership for Gibson because people really like this Cowboys defense this year. But we know, again, Gibson is going to get the volume. He's had di- double-digit touches and points every single week. If you are playing in a GPP setting, so if you're playing in a tournament and you want to pivot the other direction, you want to go for someone who's going to be low-owned, he's a decent option. Cash games, I don't like it. It's the opposite of the Mariota situation. You want low ownership and a chance to pop off because the volume is there with Antonio Gibson. Devin Singletary. For him, the PPR value is immense. He's going against the Ravens this week. I think he had nine catches last week. It will be a fast-paced game. We know the total is north of 50. It should have good volume again for Singletary. There might be rain in this game, and if there's rain in the game, there might be more dump-off passes, more short checkdowns. He's coming off a nine-catch performance, like I just said. You might be chasing that a bit if you're paying up in the middle range for Singletary. But up to you, considering the role he has on this team, the game that he has coming up against the Ravens, he's not a bad option in a full-point PPR DraftKings setting. Khalil Herbert. Obviously, I need to talk about it because he's like the head of the waiver wire this week. But I will not be playing into it for DFS. The Bears play so slow on offense. They play the Giants. The total for that game is 38 points. I'd rather play the Giants defense and let other people make the pivot. And I'm going to stay away from Khalil Herbert. That would be my recommendation. Damian Pierce. He seems to be getting all the Texans work right now, right? But, but... But he's going against the Chargers, who have some elite names on defense. We really need to know who's active for the Chargers D this week. But I don't love Pierce because on any given week, especially against the must-win Chargers team this week, Texans can go down two touchdowns, and then all of a sudden it's Rex Burkhead getting 70% of the snaps and being involved in the pass game, where Pierce simply is not this early into his rookie season. So in a good game script like the Texans have been in the past few weeks, Damian Pierce can overperform his value pretty easily. In a game where the Sharps are on the Texans, you might want to play into it and take Pierce. I am scared. I am not betting on the Texans. I am going the other direction, and I'm saying this could be a scary game for the Texans where Burkhead plays a lot, so I don't want Pierce for myself. Josh Jacobs. This guy's getting really good volume, and at his price, I still don't mind him. The Vegas Raiders need to score and move the ball this week against the Broncos. Broncos defense is actually really good. Broncos offense absolutely stinks. I don't mind Jacobs. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can pop off big plays. He gets the goal line work. He gets a high volume of snaps. Josh Jacobs, I think his price tag is 5400 Make sure he's fully healthy and not still dealing with that sickness this week. But yeah, Jacobs could definitely be a guy. Ramondre Stevenson. I kind of like him this week. 
He's been getting more work than Damian Harris. And this week they play Green Bay. So they're going to be losing. And they're going to be throwing. And that's where Stevenson starts to shine. The only thing, the only caveat for this game is we don't know how the whole Brian Hoyer starting affects the other running backs. So that's a real thing. If Hoyer's more of a throw it outside the numbers, check down to his tight end, Mac Jones will dump off to Ramondre quite often. We don't know if Hoyer will do the same. Hopefully he will. If he does, Stevenson could easily have seven catches, 85 all-purpose yards, and get into the end zone and really overperform his price tag. Rashad Penny. I love Rashad Penny this week. He dominated the snaps last week. The Seahawks are proving they can move the ball, and they get the Lions this week. 4,900. Penny is a great, great value. I think I will be playing him in my lineups. Scrolling lower than Penny right now. There's no one really popping out for me. Uh, If you have a name you want me to discuss, I said today was going to be a running back heavy episode. I think I just went pretty running back heavy there. But if there's a name that I did not hit that you want me to discuss, send it to me over on Twitter and I will make sure I talk about it on the Saturday pod. Wide receivers. I have to start this conversation off with DK Metcalf. 6,800 for Metcalf? That's a joke. That's way too high. Coming from the person who has Metcalf in both of my season-long fantasy leagues, because again, I talked all offseason, Seahawks are undervalued, mispriced, the offense is not going to be as bad as everyone expects, Geno Smith is better than people expect, Metcalf was dropping in every draft board, I snagged him. But this week, 6800 priced more than CeeDee Lamb and Cortland Sutton? Like, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Do not play DK Metcalf this week. As I play him in both of my season-long fantasy lineups. Okay. Uh, Cortland Sutton is underpriced. They're going against the Vegas Raiders. Let's see if the Broncos offense can start to put it together. Sutton's been really good, while the whole Broncos offense has been really bad. So if this offense can start to put it together, expect Sutton to have, you know, 120, 140 yards, maybe a touchdown. He has a chance to have a humongous day. I definitely like Cortland Sutton. Curtis Samuel deserves to be $6,000 or more, and there is value there until he climbs in price. He is getting too many looks. We know Ron Rivera loves this man. He signed him in Carolina. He signed him in Washington. He's getting him the ball. He likes getting him the ball in space. Curtis Samuel is finally healthy. Curtis Samuel should be $6,300, and he's not. So there's value there. Rashad Bateman. We need to know if the weather is cleared up for that game. And if so, I'm definitely interested in Bateman. We know that the Bills are struggling with their secondary health. We know Lamar's uh, throwing statistics and his advanced stats outside the numbers this year is absolutely elite. We know Bateman is one of his playmakers. We know this is a game where they're going to need to score 30 points to win against the Bills. Rashad Bateman, definitely a guy I like. Definitely someone who I would expect the Ravens to take a few deep shots to. If you don't want to go Bateman, take another plug on the Ravens. Go with a Duvernay option. Again, I've talked about it on the Tuesday episode. I really liked Mark Andrews, so go with the Mark Andrews option. Playing into the Ravens wide receivers this week is a good idea because of how hurt the Bills are and where that game's total is priced. DJ Moore. Oh, man, DJ. 
5,300. Come on. Where have we gone when it's too far and too low and we need to go the other direction? Same thing I felt about Austin Eckler on the Tuesday pod. I mean, DJ Moore at 5,300. Is this the game where Squeaky Wheel gets the grease and they just get DJ Moore, you know, five looks in the first quarter? We know there's sharp action on the Panthers at home. We know the Cardinals absolutely suck. And DJ Moore is still an incredibly talented young wide receiver in his prime. Can Baker get him the ball is the question. And if he does, 5,300 is a steal for DJ Moore. Isaiah McKenzie, same way I felt about going with like a Duvernay or a Bateman or someone on the Ravens who you could take a shot with. This game, there might be a lot of scoring. We know the Bills, like Gabe Davis, just played 85 snaps in the heat. He's not even healthy right now. We know the Bills are going to have to score a ton. We know they're going to play really fast. You could play into this game and go with a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. Do we have one more week of Dorch season? Gregory Dorch, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, getting peppered with PPR targets and points and touchdowns and everything? To me, yes. You can go back to Dorch this week if you want. I know I've been saying all the Sharps are on the Panthers. Well, if the Panthers are winning that game, the Cardinals are going to remain having to throw. We know Rondell Moore cannot be active for this game. So Dorch is the play. You can play into that and play Dorch this week. Last two I want to talk about is Romeo Dobbs and Zay Jones. For Romeo, we just need to know who, like, what other Packers wide receivers are active. Is it just him? If so, yes, I like Romeo. Aaron Rodgers uh, loves Romeo Dobbs. He talks about it in his weekly interviews. He's really impressed with him all offseason, early in the season too. He went up to Romeo Dobbs before the game last week and said, I think it's a good week to get you your first touchdown. And it ended up happening. So maybe they go back to the well this weekend. Green Bay is playing against the New England Patriots. Patriots are going to get smacked. It's a nine and a half point point spread. So Packers are going to score. And where is that production going to come from? If it's Dobbs, less than $5,000, absolute steal. Dobbs is probably going to be core for me. I said Zay Jones was the other name I need to talk about. He has a 22% target share for Trevor Lawrence passes. That's like top 10 in the league for any wide receiver. He's $4,200 in a game sharped up in total. I love Zay Jones this week. And I also can see myself making Zay Jones part of the core. At tight end, this one's going to be easy. There's only one name I need to mention, and it is Dawson Knox of the Bills. He is so underpriced. He's less than $4,000. That is mind-blowing to me and very attractive. Bounce back week for Knox. We know they paid him right before the start of the season. They have plans for him to be a big part of the team, big part of the offense. We know, again, game against the Ravens, total north of 50. Bills play fast. Bills move the ball. Josh Allen's going to throw 45 times. Expect him to get Knox involved this week. $3,800. Knox, again, probably core for me. So now you have maybe three of my four cores given in the last three players in Zay Jones, Romeo Dobbs, and Dawson Knox. All right, guys, I will be back on Saturday with the core four episode. 
giving you guys any last-minute betting advice. And then on Sunday, come join us in the Sports Ethos live YouTube stream. You could just go to YouTube.com and search Sports Ethos, and you will see the live show there Sunday morning from 12 to 1, the hour right before kickoff. Me and JP Sticko are live. You can also go to my Twitter at mfiddle14, and you can follow me there, and I will tweet out the link on Sunday morning. All right, guys, as always, peace out.